Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. So once again, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us online right here through this virtual platform. We're just uh, grateful that you'd spend uh, part of your Memorial Day weekend this Sunday with us. And uh, you just saw the bumper, and we've been in this series for the last several weeks entitled, What Does the Bible Say About Dot, Dot, Dot? We've been, we've been filling in that blank. We're in this season where people are asking questions, and they're not asking, uh, in our context, they're not asking what we necessarily think about things. They want to know what the Bible has to say about what's going on. And so we've been very prayerful in choosing some of these topics. And one of the big topics that people have come to us about, what does scripture talk about, is just our finances. Uh, some of you have lost your job, maybe you've been furloughed, maybe your pay has been lessened. And so you're like, man, what, you know, what is, is, is God trying to say something through uh, what he's providing for me? And so it's just been awesome. We talked about what does the Bible have to say about finances. We talked about sickness. We talked about pandemic. What, what does the Bible have to say about us getting sick? And, and how are we to respond to that? We, uh, you know, some people have said, is this the end of the world, right? Like, are we living in the end? We, we uh, just kind of scratched the surface. We talked a little bit about uh, scripture regarding the end times. And today, uh, you know, we're all kind of listening to the government right now because we're all just like itching to get back to whatever normal looks like, you know? And, and so specifically in our state of Washington, the, gover- the governor has laid out these, you know, four phases of, of reopening the state. And, you know, from a, from, from a church's standpoint, we're, we've been intently trying to figure out, so what does that look like for us as the church? And so uh, regardless of what's going on, we're kind of in this trajectory of kind of going back to some of the things that, we, that we're used to. We're kind of coming out of quarantine, if you will. And so that's kind of what we want to talk a little bit about today, this idea of coming out of quarantine. And, and maybe Scripture has something to say about it. It definitely does. And, you know, it's so interesting how we're processing even this time of quarantine. And I think about our kids, uh, Fulton, who is five. He's, he's had an interesting time processing this. And, and we had, uh, you know, specific adventures planned uh, for our family this year that obviously have been, at the very least, postponed. But what's so funny is that when we go onto YouTube and see all of these places, these parks and things that we were going to visit, he sees these videos of people there. And he's looking at us exactly. going, wait, no, they're there. Why can't I be there? Like, what are you doing wrong? Why are we in quarantine and nobody else? <laughs> and we're trying to explain that to him. And I, it's so funny because so often we feel that way. Yeah. We feel like we're the only ones in this. We are the only ones that are walking through a quarantine or isolation. And and often we think we're the only ones that ever have. And what's so interesting is that throughout scripture, you'll see all of these individuals and groups that are in and out of these quarantine times, these times of isolation that, that couldn't be avoided. And often the Lord would even call them into those times of isolation to teach them specific lessons. 
And so I have to be honest, as your pastors, we have had heavy hearts. We have spent so much time in prayer just being prayerful about, Lord, please not let us get through this quarantine unchanged. Lord, we feel like it would be devastating for us to have all gone through this pandemic, this quarantine, this isolation, and not come out for the better. I believe that God has specific lessons that we can learn in this quarantine. And so as we are contemplating, you know, the prospect of coming out of quarantine, we want to make sure that we, and you said this last week, that we are not just going through it, but we are growing through it. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And because we want to make sure that we, as the body of Christ, are truly doing it well. And so with that, we, we want to look at a story uh, that so many of you have read maybe hundreds of times, and it's found in the New Testament in the book of Matthew chapter 14. If you have your Bibles, you can pull that out. We're going to go to that in a second, but I, we want to look at it with a little different perspective. In fact, we want to look at it for lessons to help us come out of this quarantine having learned exactly what, what God desires for us uh, growing through it. She just said it. We have two choices. We can either go through this thing or we can grow through this thing. Our prayer as your pastors is that you are growing so that when we do come out, you're going to be that much stronger. And and we believe that that's going to happen. So we're going to look at this story, Matthew 14. Let me set it up for you. Let me give you some context. Jesus has just performed one of his most famous miracles uh, of feeding 5,000 people. Now, Theologians will tell you it was probably more like 20,000 people because in the ancient world, they would only, uh, usually they would only count uh, the head of the household, which would have been the father, the husband. And usually, if you do the math, there's about at least, give or take, on average, four to a family. So it could have been uh, at the very minimum 20,000 plus. So, so Jesus performs this incredible miracle and his disciples are on cloud nine. They are like, we just joined up with the superstar. We've been watching the last dance the last several weeks with Michael Jordan. I mean, I mean, this is like, this is like not just, you know, the the bulls. It's like the dream team, and the the disciples are like, we are on, and this is awesome, and the ministry is growing exponentially, Uh, and and people are coming, and the miracles are taking place, and everything is exploding. It's just a fascinating thing, and and that's where we pick up right here, Matthew 14, starting in verse 22, and I love the verbiage used in the exact next verse. Look at verse 22. You'll see it on your screen. It says this, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. So right out of the gate, we see that Jesus made them. He he requires them. And the question is, why would Jesus require his disciples? We're using this word quarantine. Why would, he requ- why would he require his disciples to leave, you know, the show and all of this stuff? He, he dismisses the party, the crowd, 
and he, and he mandates that the disciples be quarantined on a boat out at sea when he knew that a storm was coming. It's, it's just a, it's a fascinating thought. This is what Jesus does here. And this is our first question that we have to ask ourselves as we come out of this quarantine to make sure that we don't just go through it, but we grow through it. If you're taking notes, write this down. We're going to unpack this thought. And that is, what if new discomfort is for new discovery? Let me say it one more time. What if new discomfort is for new discovery? discovery. That's the first question that I want you to ask yourself. That's good. So the disciples have been made by Jesus to get into the boat, like you said, knowing full well that a storm is coming. And scripture says that Jesus has gone, he's gone off and he's, he's praying. And my guess would be that he's praying for them. Right. And so let's look, let's pick back up in verse 23, Matthew 14 says later that night, He was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Verse 25, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. What do I want you to see here, friends? So often when we're in the middle of quarantine, of isolation, in the middle of a storm, those are moments where we don't even often see the hand of God, even when he's right in front of us. So often we don't recognize when God is wanting to move in our lives. And, and honestly, exactly what the disciples were doing here, sometimes we blame it on another spirit. Have you ever been a part of that conversation with someone and they're like, oh man, the enemy is doing this. And you're like, well, but wait, what if it's Jesus? Like, what if Jesus is doing that in your life? And so often storms put us in a place, that discomfort puts us in a place where we don't even recognize Jesus when he's right in front of us. Even if we have a solid relationship with him, maybe it's because Jesus wants to reveal himself in a new way. Let's look at the next verse. Peter even says it out loud. Matthew 14, verse 28. He says, Lord, I don't know if this is you, but... If it is you, tell me, Peter says, tell me to come to you on the water. It's so important when you read this passage, when you read what's going on in this story, that you process exactly what we were asking in that question. What if new discomfort is for new discovery? What if Jesus commanded that they be quarantined on that boat in the middle of that storm so that he could reveal himself in a brand new way to all of those disciples? He could walk on water. They'd never seen him walk on water before. They didn't even know that Jesus had that power. They didn't understand that his power wasn't just on land. It was on water too. And in that moment, friends, in the middle of that discomfort, 
Jesus allowed them. He commanded them to be quarantined so that he could reveal himself in a brand new way to his followers. And I wonder today if that's not what he's doing in our lives. If you look, Peter says, Lord, Lord, I want to come. If it's you, I want to come out to you. And so in that moment, because of discomfort, Peter wants to be even more like Jesus. Peter wants to begin to operate in that same power that Jesus is revealing to him. And I have to tell you, friends, if that boat had been comfortable, if that boat had been pleasant, if that storm wasn't raging, if they weren't in the middle of that chaos, would they have been able to see that power of Jesus and would they have even wanted to operate in it? I would venture to guess that Peter wouldn't have ever asked to step out of the boat and join Jesus if the boat had been comfortable. And so I want you to consider as we begin to start looking at coming out of quarantine, making sure that we are truly growing through it, not just going through it, not just getting through it, but growing through it, we have to stop and ask ourselves, what if this new discomfort is truly because Jesus wants to reveal himself to us in brand new ways? Yeah, I love that. You know, there's that song that we sing around here, and one of part of the lyrics of the song is, even when I don't see it, you're working. And it, just your thought right there, it, it, it almost gives it, brings a new light to it because, you know, I've always sung that song, like even when I, I like the visual part of it, but you can even, you can sing that lyric in the sense of maybe, he, maybe you can't understand, right? He's yeah. doing something yeah. that doesn't, that maybe you can yeah. maybe you can see what's going on, but you don't you don't under, you don't have the eyes to see what he's doing. But he's still doing something. I love that. All right. So uh, so that's the first thought. That's the first question. Here's the second question to help us to make sure. This is what it's all about. We want to make sure that we're truly growing through this quarantine. We're not just going through it. So here's the second question that I want you to ponder on, and that is. What if the provision is actually in the practice? Let me say this one more time. Woo! That is good. What if the provision isn't just some handout, but it's, it's in the practice of what we're doing? What if God is actually providing what you've been asking him for, but maybe you aren't seeing it because his methodology is deeper than you can even realize or begin to understand? You know, some of you know this about me. Uh, my favorite movie, all right? And I kind of, I got to be honest, we were talking about this today. I kind of toggle, though, because I really like uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder, sure. the original one. Yeah. I love that movie, and I know, I know, it's just like, I know, it's, it's kind of weird, but I love that movie. And the other one is The Karate Kid Part One. But maybe we call it your favorite trilogy. Well, I was going to get to that. Okay. Because I celebrate the entire trilogy. The entire catalog. Yeah, the entire... I celebrate the entire Karate Kid catalog, one, two, and three. And you, you've all seen this movie. For some of those who've just been in the dark and, and you missed one of the greatest, you know, feature films ever to grace Hollywood, uh, the story goes that uh, a single mom from New Jersey, she's ready to start over a new life. And so she 
gets her son, a teenager, Daniel Arusso, and they pack up the old 1978 green station wagon. Got the, got the BMX bike tied to the top, right? And they, you know, they, they set out across the country from New Jersey uh, to the promised land. And of course, that at that time was Southern California. In fact, Reseda, California, and the old San Fernando Valley that we spent a couple years in. And, uh, but anyway, so they, they travel across the country. They get to California where their whole life is going to change for the good. And they move into a dumpy little apartment. And within a matter of a week, uh, Daniel LaRusso meets a group of guys called the Cobra Kai's. Led by Joey, uh, was it Johnny? Johnny, Johnny Lawrence. And he's a blonde, you know, and he's got the thing around the head, and they're all in red jackets with, with cobras on their shirt. And they just bully poor little Daniel. They, they, they tease him. There's a couple of parts where they end up beating him up and all this stuff. And so Daniel realizes that he's got to learn karate, right? And so he notices that the maintenance guy there at the apartment complex, uh, he's a karate dude. And so he goes to the maintenance guy and says, hey, I, I, I need you to, t would you be willing to teach me karate? There's these guys that are coming after you. Would you teach me karate? And so Mr. Miyagi agrees to it. And so he says, Danielson, I'll probably mess it up, but Danielson, right? Danielson, come to my house, right? So Daniel goes to his house where he thinks he's about to learn karate. Right. You know what happens next. He gets there and he's ready to work out and Mr. Miyagi hands him uh, some, some rags and some, some stuff and he says, wax the car, right? And Daniel's like, want me to wax your car? He's like, wax the car. And you see him in those old 1950s cars, the Chevys. He's waxing the wax on wax off, right? And so he does all, he's got this, he's got like 12 cars that he has to do the wax on, wax off thing. And he goes home, that was weird, comes back the next day. And he's like, okay, that was weird. He's, he wants me to do chores. He says, go paint the fence. He's like, what? Paint the fence? So then Daniel goes, he paints the, so there he's painting the fence, painting the fence. He spends all day, all night painting the fence. Goes home, he thinks the third day he's coming back to do something. And he comes back, and it's another chore. Wax on, wax off, paint the fence, scrub the deck. And finally, there's this scene where Daniel freaks out. He's like, I'm done doing your chores. I came here to learn karate, and all you have me doing is doing chores. And right in that moment, Mr. Miyagi says, daniel son, look I, look I. You remember that part? He's like, look I, right? Like, look up. He's like, look I. And he looks at him, and he says, wax the car. He goes, yeah. And he like swings at him, and, 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 and instinctively, Daniel goes like this, right? And he blocks the thing. He's like, he's like wax the car. He goes, yeah. Bro. And he swings it. Same thing with the other hand. He says, Daniel, paint the fence. He's like, yeah. And he does, you know, flying kick at him like that. And, he's, and, he, and he, does the, he does the same motion that he had done painting. And he blocks, he blocks the, the, the thrust kick right here. And then he does like an entire combination. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, yeah. and he gets on. Dan, and, and Mr. Eggers goes, looks at him. He goes, and he bows at him. And then he sits up. And Daniel's just like in shock. And Mr. Miyagi looks at him. And he says, the whole time you thought that you were coming here and I was making you do chores. But I want you to know, son, Daniel, son. Oh, crane kick. 
He said, I want you to know, you thought you were just here learning, doing chores for me. But the entire time, you were learning the principles of karate. The whole time, you didn't realize it. You didn't understand it. But you were practicing the principles. You, the, the karate, the, 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 it's inside of you now. And friends, I want you to, I, I said that silly story in that illustration because I want you to get this point. Friends, I believe that this is exactly what the Lord is doing in this season for us all. The Lord is allowing us to practice in new areas of trusting him that actually is the provision that you and I have been praying for the entire time. The problem is we just don't recognize his methodology right now. And so let me give you an example. You've been praying for strength. Oh, God, give me the strength. We're going on you know, with three months. And you, and you haven't prayed it once a day. You've prayed it 15. God, give me the strength. I can't take these kids anymore. Give me the strength. I don't know where the money's. I don't know where to pay. God, give me strength. And you don't feel strong, but I promise you, he is granting you strength. He's just delivering it to you in a way you can't see right now. He's allowing you to experience new things in this quarantine that you think is making you weaker, weaker, but my friend, it's making you stronger. And you're going to come out of this thing. We're all going to come out of this thing. And there's going to be stuff that's going to come our way that in, instinctively, and I don't even want to call it instinctively, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that's been building up these new giftings inside of you, this new strength that you didn't know you had, but because you went through this, now you're back to normal. There's still going to be problems on the other side of quarantine, but when they come, it'll, you'll just, it'll be a reflex. It'll be a, a, a response. You'll say, how did, how did that, how was I able to do that? And you'll go, paint the fence, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. You'll remember Amen. that he was allowing you to experience new ways to trust him. And, and, and we see this with Peter in this moment on the water with Jesus. He's in the middle of the storm and Jesus has revealed himself to Peter in a brand new, powerful way. Up until this point, he had, he'd seen Jesus do all kinds of supernatural, miraculous things, but he had never seen Jesus walk on the water. And that ignites it ignites something. It ignites a passion and a desire in Peter like never before to be like Jesus in that way too. So he asked the Lord, we'll read it here in a second. He asked the Lord to call him out on the water so that he can walk with Jesus. And Jesus responds with this right here, Matthew 14, look at verse 29. Look what Jesus says. He says, come. Jesus says, Pete, Peter, Come. Then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on the water and he came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? So good. I believe that exactly what you were saying that he allows us to practice and and that is provision and it's it's done in a way that in my experience the holy spirit doesn't just download whatever we're praying for in an instant 
And, you know, we're talking about movies. And you're, you know, you mentioned your favorite. This is not my favorite. In fact, I don't even think it's even remotely theologically sound. But uh, does anyone remember Evan Almighty? Anyone remember that one? And although I love Morgan Freeman as God, uh, there's, there's this one scene in that movie in the midst of all the crazy theology that I think is so scripture and so powerful and such a beautiful illustration. And if you remember it, Morgan Freeman as God is, uh, he's articulating how he works, how God works. And he makes this statement. He said, you know, when you pray for patience, God doesn't just supernaturally poof, give you patience. He presents you with opportunities to grow your patience, right? And, and when you pray for courage, God, please give me courage. He doesn't just go, poof, there's your courage, right? He gives you opportunities to exercise, to grow that courage. And let's say maybe you prayed, God, can you please draw our family closer together? He doesn't just go, boo, you all have a desire to be closer, right? He grows, he gives you opportunities that you guys would be closer together and you can nurture that relationship. And I truly believe that that is not only how God works and how he operates, but that's what's going on in this season as well. And it's not just provision for this moment. I believe it's provision for future seasons. Let me explain what I'm talking about. If you think about Peter in that moment, we just read, he, he's walking out on the water to Jesus, and then he begins to doubt. Do you remember another time when Peter dealt with doubt? And in this moment, as he begins to sink because of his doubt, what we see is that the Lord reaches his hand. Jesus himself doesn't let Peter sink and say, well, he was a good one. I guess we lost him, right? He reaches his hand down and he grabs him, friends. And you know what I was thinking about even this week? So often we, we talk about Judas and what he did to betray Jesus. But friends, if you read the Gospels, Peter did the exact same thing. Peter denied Jesus in the exact way that Judas did. But what was the difference? Judas ran from Jesus. We've talked about this before. And then he ended his life. Peter, and I believe because he had this experience with Jesus, Peter, something triggered that in Peter. And he remembered that Jesus didn't push him away. Jesus reached down with his hand and he grabbed him in that moment. And it brought him to a place where he said, no, I, I have to run back to Jesus because he's not going to push me away. He's going to reach out and he's going to grab me because that's the kind of God I serve. And so friends, today, I just want to encourage you because so often we think that the discomfort is some sort of punishment, right? But what if that discomfort is actually allowing us new discoveries of God's power, his might, his love? It's God wanting to reveal himself in new ways. And in the second area, what if the provision that we've been praying for, God is saying, yeah, I'm giving it to you. I'm doing it 
with opportunities for you to practice this. That's how I'm providing everything that you're praying for. And the last question, the last question that we want you to write down, that we want you to ponder as we begin to look at coming out of quarantine, to make sure that we literally are growing through this season in all the ways that God desires us to and not just going through it, is number three. What if what you thought was there to make you stumble is actually there to make you strong? What if what you thought was there to make you stumble was actually there to make you strong. Pastor JF and myself have been uh, struggling to try and stay at least somewhat healthy in the middle of this quarantine, right? Anybody with me? All I want to do is eat. That's my confession to you. Like, I, and I'm at home, right, with the kids, and I'm, I feel like I'm making 800 meals a day, and, and I'm eating for at least 500 of them right? Because you got to sample what the kids are making. Oh, that's pretty good. I think I might have 18 more bites. Right, exactly. And so we're struggling to try and like stay in somewhat shape and somewhat healthy. And so uh, we downloaded these workouts that we've been doing either in our driveway or in the garage. And I remember the first, <laughs> the first day that you set everything up for us and you had the iPad there that we were going to stream the workout and he had the workout mats and he had my, you know, he had his big dumbbells and he had my little ones. And, and I go bopping out into the, you know, garage to come help. And I trip straight up. I trip over the weights that he's put on the mat for me. Well, what did I do? Because I'm such an amazing wife. I'm like, what'd you put these here for? Right? It's got to be his fault or something. And he's like, well, isn't it what you asked for? We're, we're working out. I, I didn't put it there so that you would trip on it. I put it there so that you would lift it and get those biceps that you're truly coveting. We do that all the time, friends. We do that all the time with the Lord. When there are things in our path that, again, feel uncomfortable or maybe something there is, you know, not exactly what we asked for or what we think we asked for, then we end up complaining to God. God, why do I have to deal with this? Why, Lord? And I have to be honest, if I had been in that boat as a disciple, I may have actually reacted that way to Jesus. Right, when we, when we got back to shore, like, bro, what was that about? You knew that storm was coming. You're like the ultimate weatherman. You know all. Why, why did you have that? And that's not what we see the disciples experience. And it's so powerful because they had such a connection with the Lord and their experience with Him in that quarantine, on that boat, in the middle of that storm shifted even their reactions in that moment. Look at Matthew 14, verse 32. It says, and when they climbed into the boat, meaning, now look at this, because I've never seen this before this week. That's when Jesus and Peter climbed back into the boat, the wind died down. And look at verse 33. I've never noticed this before. And then it says, then those who were in the boat, not even talking about Jesus and Peter, Okay, I'm certain they were rejoicing in their own way and they, they had, you know, made this amazing experiential connection. 
But it says those who were in the boat worshiped Jesus saying, truly you are the son of God. I want you to see this friends, because no doubt, no doubt Peter looked at that experience and saw it as a failure. I am certain that if I had been Peter and I'm in the, I'm getting back in the boat and it was powerful experience and Jesus saved me, but man, I screwed up. I doubted. I was sinking. Ah, failure. But look, and I've told you this so many times, but somebody needs to hear this on this Sunday morning. You need to hear this. Nothing is wasted in God's economy. Because what Peter, I'm certain, thought and felt like was such a failure. Look, those that were watching saw it and they had an experience. They had a faith growth of understanding more and more exactly who Jesus was, not by seeing Peter do it perfectly, but by watching him fail and watching God grab him and reach down and lift him up. Nothing is lost in God's economy, even what we view as our failures. We're gonna pray here in just a second, but with that in mind, you know, Friends, we're all in a storm right now, and people are watching. People are watching how uh, Christians are responding. And it's been amazing, just so many of the, of the reports that we've gotten of people that are, are, are literally giving their life to Christ, or they're just even you know, entertaining the idea of following Jesus because a friend who maybe attends this church or is a follower of Jesus is reacting and responding in a different way than they are. And when it's communicated to them as to why they're able to share what Jesus has done in their lives. And so with that in mind, man, wow, what an opportunity we have to uh, reframe what's going on right now so that as we go through it, we're not just going through it, we're growing through it. And I want to just pray for you right now. And I want you just to close your eyes, bow your head, wherever you're at. Maybe you're, you're in, your, uh, in your living room there. Or maybe you're, uh, you're looking on your smart device, your, your phone or whatnot. And you know, I just want to pray for you. A couple of questions just to go back to this outline as we pray. That is, what, what if that first thought, what if new discomfort is for new discovery? What, what if the Lord wants to reveal himself in a new way to you? What, what, if, what if the provision that you've been praying so earnestly for, you've been praying for is, is actually in the practice that, that he is providing you with, with, with information and resources, almost like in, in your subconscious, that it's in the practice that he's providing it now in this difficult season. And that last thought as we pray, what if you see, what, what, what if what you see as a stumbling block is really there to give you strength. Let me pray for you right now, Lord. I thank you for my friends. God, uh, we've all been in this season right now. Lord, we've all uh, handled it different ways. And Lord, God, I thank you that even uh, some of the negative ways that we've responded, you've had grace for us. That even if, if we look back and maybe even have regrets that maybe I, maybe I spent the whole time going through it, uh, uh, Maybe, maybe it's too late and I, and, I, and, I, and I wasted it. No, even right now, 
uh, you can grow right now. And so, Lord God, I just pray you give someone peace about that right now, Lord Jesus. I just pray right now that that people would have this uh, this new revelation from you, that this this discomfort that that they're in, that there's something there, that that they're going to discover something. They're already discovering things about who they are, that you've empowered them, that you're giving them strength. You're downloading uh, provision through opportunities to trust in you in new ways. That is the provision right there. So God, I pray for the person right now that they would have a fresh revelation of that. And Lord God, I just pray for the person watching right now that that they wouldn't view this season as a, as a stumbling block. Lord, I, I'm reminded, as Pastor Ashley just mentioned, that everybody in the boat, <laughs> was were, they were not only impacted by Jesus, but by how Peter responded. And, and, and so that people, are, pe- people, everyone in the boat got saved. So Lord, I, I'm just reminded that if we would embrace this season, that we wouldn't view it as a stumbling block, but rather something that's strengthening us, God, that is going to bleed off on other people. And I thank you for people that are coming to Christ, that are coming to you, that are making new commitments, that are coming back to the church because they're seeing their friends who are Jesus followers respond in such a unique way. Bless my friends. I thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Well, we have been providing questions, questions for you to discuss in your virtual small group or questions maybe that you just want to unpack with the Holy Spirit and journal about, or maybe you have a best friend that's across the globe and the two of you are going to chat about it. And so we're going to toss the questions up on the screen and I want to cover those with you. But again, take a screenshot or maybe you want to um, take a picture with your phone. Uh, there's also going to be our amazing live hosts. They are putting them in the comments right now. So make sure you jot these down and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about these this week. Number one. Number one, has the Lord revealed himself in new ways to you during this season? If so, how? If not, have you been looking for him to? Do you ever find yourself just looking for him in the ways you've seen him move in the past? If so, how might you change that? I want to explain that. Maybe sometimes we just look for Jesus to look and be exactly the same as we've always either assumed or seen. And maybe he wants to reveal himself in a new way to you. So how might you be open to that? Number two, what does it mean for God's provision to be practice? We want you to put it in your own words. Wax on, wax off, paint the fence, right? Put it in your own words. What does that look like? that what you're asking God for, He might be actually delivering in opportunities. Have you seen this in your life? What are some habits that you can put in place to notice when God is providing in this way? Number three, how do you typically view challenges that you are presented with, right? Are you excited about them? Are you angry about them? Do you see them as something meant to make you stumble or to make you stronger? What are ways that you can practice seeing difficulties as the opportunities that they are? So talk about that. Talk about those questions with each other. Meditate on them. And as we close today, we just want you to know how much we love you. Take this word. 
put it into practice and know that we are coming back in to there's a, to, there's a new there's a light <laughs> at the end of the tunnel and we're encouraged and we hope you are make sure tomorrow that you just spend some time in thanksgiving to god for those that paid the price on this memorial day tomorrow monday we want you to know how much we love you we're praying for you and we can't wait to meet again it's going to happen real soon thanks again for joining us To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.